Welcome to This Must Be Pop, I'm your host, Anna. In today's episode, we are talking Jonas Brothers. As we discuss in the episode, the Jonas Brothers pride themselves as being a family band. So I figured, what better way to do the Jonas Brothers episode than to bring members of my own family onto the show? So with me, I have my two cousins and arguably the Jonas Brothers' biggest fans, Jackie and Jossie. In this episode, we not only discuss their own fan experience with the Jonas Brothers, but we also get into Jackie and Jossie's relationship with their father. My uncle unfortunately passed a few years ago, but he really played a huge role in encouraging his daughters' love and devotion to this band. We talk a lot about the social stigma of liking boy bands on the show, but much of that social stigma comes from older men who simply just don't understand or respect the tastes of young women. But when there's a father who embraces anything their children are into, despite that social stigma, it is such a special bonding experience. So this episode is dedicated to him, my dad, and all of the dads out there who not only love and appreciate the music their children are into, but are also the ones encouraging their children to express themselves fully and to unapologetically love the things that bring them joy. bands and another one and another one <laughs> and, and another, another one is that how we should start the podcast i like that <laughs> i like it let's give a little breakdown formed in 2005 the jonas brothers consist of three brothers kevin nick and joe jonas nick the youngest jonas brother was signed to columbia records as a solo artist but then someone at the label suggested packaging nick along with his two brothers who were also active in the entertainment industry Nick, lead vocals, also does rhythm guitar, piano, keyboard, drums. What instrument does this man not play? <laughs> he started his career with the Jonas Brothers as more of a nasally voice. And I have this theory. One, his voice is not fully developed. Two, the style of music that they were singing. And three, the vocal styles of similar boy bands. Let's not forget Nick Carter, Justin Timberlake, but also like all of the pop punk bands like Yellow Card, Saves the Day. It's very reminiscent of bands with those kind of styles. But now Nick has a much more softer tone in his voice and seems to be more comfortable singing in a higher register. And honestly, I think he has the best falsetto out of him and Joe, in my opinion. I would agree. So he can't whistle. <laughs> he's oh. Also, the other thing. He's too. amazing, but he can't whistle. And then we have Joe, lead vocals, also does rhythm guitar, keyboards, and also, very famously, the tambourine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Joe and Nick kind of alternate between lead vocals. My theory is that Nick's voice wasn't fully developed when they first started out, so that's why they put Joe also as a lead vocalist. And Joe has especially now has like a strong powerful voice oh yeah and can do a pretty good falsetto so we've got kevin backing vocals guitarist he's the oldest brother he is kind of the one that a lot of people overlook but honestly i think we can all say that kevin is a genuinely wholesome person and i want to be his best friend absolutely (laughs) are the jonas brothers a boy band and they absolutely Absolutely, without question are Mm -hmm. For those who are either new to the podcast or just simply unaware, 
Our definition of a boy band on this podcast is a group of young men playing catchy music who, in their prime, have a dedicated fan base of mostly young women and LGBTQ folks. So by this definition, the Jonas Brothers, yes, are considered a boy band. But there are some people that have this misconception that they are not because they don't dance. And it's just like, (laughs) they They try. (laughs) I mean, so much respect for them for writing their own music and playing their own instruments, but you don't need to dance to be a boy band. I think they did dance a little bit more when we were younger. Now they're a little more stiff and kind of like Mm. do this thing. They did did backflips. They prided themselves on putting on a whole performance. I wouldn't say dancing, but yeah, the the tricks and the spinning with the guitar, Kevin. The getting down low. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, they do it a little now, like Mercy, they do that. Certain songs, Only Human, they do incorporate some moves together. and It's just... choreographed, not necessarily dancing. Yeah, it's yeah. like, throw this in at this point. Yeah, and I do have to say, going back to their earlier shows and seeing them doing backflips and stuff on stage, I'm like, holy crap. Oh, yeah, Joe tap danced, too, to Love Bug. Let's not forget <laughs> his little American tap shoes. So these are my two cousins, Jackie and Jossie, and we are talking our childhoods, being a fangirl and growing up in a fangirl family. You guys listen to the podcast at all? Yes. Tom and I listened last night, and I... (laughs) Just raise your hand. (laughs) (laughs) And then I listened on the way in to the NSYNC episode, which listening to it was funny because I was like, oh, made me think of other things that I didn't even think of when I was doing my notes last night. What did you think? Um, about what? Like the podcast in yeah. general? No, it's cool. Awesome. It's very cool. It's very exciting. It makes me want to make a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you can make a podcast about literally anything. These I know. Days. You, you got to do something that's like someone's not doing and nobody was doing this, which is why exactly. I think that and it's going to pop. I hope so. That's <laughs> definitely. My, I really hope <laughs> pop. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I hope so. Yeah. I was actually seeking something like this and no one was having this conversation about boy bands and fangirls and how it relates to feminism. No one was having this conversation. I saw a couple articles. I stumbled upon the Maria Sherman's book and I was like, no one's having this conversation. Shoot, I'll have the conversation. Yeah. In <laughs> society too, there's so many different ways that it affects what's going around, like current events and stuff. Yeah, totally. And I also think too, the past few years have been horrible. Mm-hmm. Why don't we try to focus on things that truly make us happy? And what better than cheesy boy band music? Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah no, some people don't get it, but it really does like, we know, we all know, it's since young ages, it's like, you have such an impact. Makes like, you feel good. Makes you feel good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so it runs in our family. Our grandmother is... and The original fangirl. <laughs> <laughs> Huge Elvis fan. Literally has... An a, Elvis room. An Elvis room. And it's so funny, though, because nowadays it's definitely not as Elvisy. But back in the 90s... Oh, that, gosh. It there was, was... I don't even think there was pictures the of us. Room. It was just el- solely... It was a shrine. The Elvis room. That's what we called it. Yeah. <laughs> she was just saying last week at the wedding, she was like, you know, I would have been a better wife than Priscilla. Like, she was like... I would have treated him better. I would have taken care of him. He would, never would have died. <laughs> I did not hear that. Oh, gosh. She's convinced. She's so funny. Yeah, she's convinced she would have been a better wife. But <laughs> I don't know if he was looking for a 19-year-old in, Italian bride. <laughs> in typical fangirl fashion, I can treat him better than yes. anyone else can. No one will take care of him like I will. <laughs> no one understands him like I do. <laughs> 
my parents too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. And Uncle Joe, they yeah. were big band people, and, yeah. and they used to like pick on Dad because of Kiss, because they were like, oh, that boy band with their makeup on. Right. Like. <laughs> exactly. But they were just as guilty. Like my mom was obsessed with Bruce Springsteen and all the punk. I bands love when she and... tells me the show she's been to. Or she's so excited about Wednesday. Or all the, the cranberries. Are, I love <laughs> they the used pictures to go... in going to the basement. Yeah. Oh, it's, oh, the it's the best. It really yeah, is. Yeah. But best. I mean, my parents were just as you know passionate about the music that they were into. It was just yeah. a little bit different. And yeah, they definitely picked on your dad but yeah. i mean all tastes are legitimate yeah, on this podcast yes so. yeah no discriminating no. no judgment absolutely not and there's dad with kiss yes and Steve Ray Vaughan, but i feel like i don't know that like fangirl is the right word with Steve Ray Vaughan. kiss it definitely is oh yeah he was well, a fangirl for kiss kiss has come up a couple times on the podcast kiss is 100 percent a boy band that was marketed to teenage boys yeah but they're not labeled as a boy band. There are, of course, like plenty of girls, women that loved Kiss, but they were not solely marketed to them. Yeah, rock and roll, hardcore, yeah. metal. But I mean, they had the merch, they had the dolls, they had the t-shirts, they had everything. The makeup. <laughs> the makeup, exactly. The makeup. They set the blueprint for boy bands that came after them. New Kids on the Block, also really heavy on the merch. They had the dolls, the games, they had everything. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have the level of merch if it were not for Kiss. Yeah, true. <laughs> merch, yeah. merch is a crazy topic. Yeah, it is well, a crazy topic because it can get controversial. The overpriced in uh, stadium yeah. merch. Yes. <laughs> Spent $80 on my last Jonas. Uh, this sweatshirt at Fenway. Yes. Insane. If we're going to talk about dad at all, we have to talk about how he used to make fun of, not make fun of songs, but like one of the questions that you had asked was mm-hmm. if he gravitated towards any yeah. song. Because I, because I don't know if you see, saw on the notes, but there is, there's a reason for it. My initial answer was pretty much any song he could like twist the words to be goofy. But he did that like, with every song. <laughs> yeah. Or well, we go, baby. Do you guys want to talk about your dad a little bit? I know we kind of touched upon him, but I think we, we've kind of talked about this topic a little bit on the show about supportive dads, supportive parents, yeah. but specifically supportive dads and kind of their shared love of a band when their children really enjoy a band there was a viral video that came out when the Jonas Brothers played the Thanksgiving show of the dad filming on his on his phone and sending it to his daughter because I think his daughter was like away at school or something and I was like your dad would 100% have done that well that I was kind of talking about that with Jackie earlier I'm like he fueled it so much he'd be like oh they're on the ABC show or they're on this show I'm gonna record it they're on SNL I'll record it for you this that Outside concerts, driving us to concerts, driving us at five in the morning to Boston to get tickets. Like, oh, yeah. He was like unconditionally supportive of this. And like, it, that's how I want to be when Emma's older and it's like, this random boy band I love. And I'm going to be like, heck yeah, you do, girl. Let's go get you some yeah. posters yeah. and magazines. Yeah. yeah. And if he couldn't get the tickets, he always he had, he had a buddy a that way. worked for the radio station. And he like, should we tell the story about driving into Boston? And so uh, real quick, yeah. I, we drove into Boston at like four or five in the morning. And um, yeah, that was when you, for the when you look me in the eyes tour. This is what I remember was that we got there at four, but they started the lottery at six or seven. In the in the morning and so yeah we drove into BU and they give you literally a ticket just a raffle ticket with a number on it and they did the raffle they pulled out the number and whatever number that you got say 805 was the number so 805 is now the first person you go 805 on and then it would go back down to one we were nowhere near 805 we were probably like 12 or 23 we were basically the end of the line 
long story short. Even though we were like one of the first ones Yeah, there. it didn't matter how early you got there, which that was my bad. Because I'm like, Dad, we have to get there early yeah. so we can be first in line <laughs> to get our tickets. It was a ticket lottery. Window <laughs> shuts in our face. Literally, literally like in our face. Two probably people 30, in front of us. I don't think it was two. Oh, maybe it was there two There was people. like a few. Yeah, anyway, it felt like two people because, yeah, maybe, maybe it was 18. Doesn't matter the number. We were close. They put on the loudspeakers like, sorry, tickets are sold out. I'm bawling my eyes out. We were just bent out of shape, whatever. We're driving back down to get onto Sturrow Drive. And dad's on the phone with his buddy that worked for the radio station trying to be like, we're going to need tickets. <laughs> my girls are a mess. And there's a person next to us in the car beeping and waving at us. We roll down the windows. They're like, we bought extra tickets. Do you want them? Dad pulls over to the side of the road with these people, like hands. I don't know. Definitely if he pays them. more money than he should have. Probably <laughs> an, an extra two, $300 just to like. I think they literally just bought extra because they That's like, definitely yeah, what happened. That's just what scalpers like do. Yeah. That's, that's, um. But yeah, yeah. so dad, homie. He, he was like, he was so like, I don't know what to do. And so he bought these tickets off these random, str kind strangers, definitely overpaid, but was like, here you go, girls. As long as we got babies them. are happy. Tickets are secured. <laughs> <laughs> girls, be happy. Yeah. Your dad was the best. He and I think because best. he had this kind of thing with Kiss back yeah. in the day. Yeah, he, he got respected it. He the, got it. The fangirlism. Yeah, yeah. exactly. For and sure. I feel like your dad would also embrace the fangirl terminology yeah. too. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. He would He would call himself a fangirl. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We've talked about this a little bit, but relationships that you form after a shared love of a band. I oh, mean, yeah. I follow this one girl that is like Nick's bestie, Carla Jonas. I had to shout her out. I would say out of anyone I've ever really followed or met at concerts, I've never met her, but we've I've talked to her a bunch. And Remember the girl you met that got the tambourine? Oh, yeah. What's, uh, her name was Meg. She's a huge fangirl, too. She was wicked cool. I've, I've talked to her. It's cool. You, like, make friends. And like Gabby. You really get Gabby. to know. Yeah, yeah. I have Gabby's cool. And the girl that sold us the tickets in, for the November show, Danielle, I have her on Instagram. It's really random, but cool. Just from my perspective, you two really, <laughs> I mean, became really close after the Jonas Brothers. We were literally talking about that on the way. And I called, or Jackie had called me and I was like, hey, I have a list of notes, but I just want to make sure that we talk about one thing. And I didn't write it down. I was like, we weren't really that close before the Jonas Brothers. Like yeah. we, you teased the heck out of me. I was, was always ganged up on. She was my first bully. <laughs> For her sure. Toughened her up. up me. And then the Jonas Brothers came and we were just like, something clicked and the two of us were just besties. Yeah. I feel like I mean we love obviously Caitlin loved yeah Caitlin came she to came shows to like she us, was very supportive but of she it, was but a little I don't know she, was I feel older. Like she felt yeah, a little I mean, older and not like whatever like they can have their thing <laughs> something just struck in our eyes something struck a chord yeah and, yeah you guys connected with them you totally had, bonded you had your we like to say you had your gateway boy bands you had in sure. sync Backstreet Boys yeah. and that's how Caitlin and I like and we were yeah. 15 months apart so we I was saying that to Jossie too is we were so close for so long and then she came along and she was a little baby. So like we loved her and stuff, but it was just different because we all listened to those boy bands like yeah. Insync, Backstreet Boys, and like Jossie was saying earlier, she was three. So yeah. I, I don't know to whatever I heard, but I wasn't like, hey, yeah, yeah. So that like, went on. so we basically grew up together, and I have to say the funnest moments of my childhood was listening to like Insync and Britney, Britney Spears, <laughs> and basically making music videos and just having a good time and just. Dancing and being just out being, out, being out on the front yard and just like 
<laughs> making up dance moves and pretty much <laughs> with the sprinklers going off because yeah. we didn't have a pool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we had those moments when we were kids and Jossie, even though you were so young, I experienced them with you. But it was also so fun to see you guys get so excited about a band. <laughs> we had all that, but then like the Jonas Brothers were kind of a weird time because I was obviously the target age group. Jossie yeah. was a target age group. Caitlin was like there, but... Also, a I don't know. Older. She, yeah, I think She's at that point school. she was in high school. Yeah. Yeah. MySpace, we followed them, but <laughs> it wasn't really until we had this Bahamas moment where we were like, "Whoa, these guys are so cool!" And Which I think was two thousand eight or nine. I think I it was eight, a seven. It could have been seven, but we went. In no, no, it was eight. Two thousand nine. We yeah, went two years in a row. School. Yeah, because the first year we ran into them, which is a great story I want to talk about. Yes, we will definitely get to and that. Then <laughs> the second year we went and actually saw them in concert. Yeah, out of coincidence, like that we were down there. And Papa had points on his yeah. whatever account. And Walked up to tickets. the booth and yeah. was like, "Oh, here's these awesome front row seats." We're like, "Holy crap!" In the Bahamas, great. Yeah, oh, that was the best. Incredible. We'll get to it. Yes, we'll yeah. get to it. Yeah. We'll get pause. To it. Let's pause. <laughs> I have to put all my biases on the table. I completely dismissed the Jonas Brothers back in the day. It's interesting. I am exactly in between Kevin and Joe in terms of age. I was born in 88. So it's interesting because they're around my age and there were other kind of punk pop groups at that time that were around my age that were marketed so differently and they were quote unquote more legit than the Jonas Brothers even though their music was like exactly the same. I loved this band called The Starting Line. Also young guys around the same age as Joe and Nick and they're not considered a boy band, but the content of their songs are exactly the same. It's just interesting. I feel like that time, too, where, like, the trend of music was kind of shifted. I mean, everybody has their own taste, but in that time, I feel like it was the pop punk. And I think the Jonas Brothers were the first real legitimate boy band after NSYNC, 98 mm-hmm. Degrees, Backstreet Boys, those real stars. Do you think that Disney had anything to do with Oh, I mean, yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Um, they know it. Yeah. <laughs> so here's the thing. Boy band music historically always takes from what's popular at a time. So they saw these kids, the record company and Disney, they saw these kids and they were like, how can we market this? How can we make the most money? What style of music is really popular right now? So yeah, pop punk emo were so big at that time. And you also need to take into the fact that this was like 06, 07, 08, 09. That was the height of illegal downloading The music industry Mm -hmm. was not making money. They were dropping artists left and right, except like Justin Timberlake. (laughs) (laughs) All these record companies were just not doing well financially. So they were really looking at what was actually popular, what was making money, what was selling records, what was selling stadiums, and they capitalized on that. So the Jonas Brothers... And they talk about this in their documentary, Chasing Happiness, that they were not a pop punk band. And I think that's why they did the busted covers, because I think that was the record company's way of being like, this is a pop punk song. Yeah, this is what's selling right now. This is what's selling right now. Make something like this. And I think that they just kind of took that style and ran with it. Mm Even if you look at like Kelly Clarkson's music, even Rihanna's music back at that time was so guitar heavy. Mm-hmm. My Life Would Suck Without You by Kelly Clarkson. Yep. Super guitar heavy song. Right around that time, Avril Lavigne was also really big. That was my first concert ever. Really? Was, that was actually in 2002. But. And it's funny because she toured with the Jonas Brothers too. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. Yeah, what was your first concert, Jossie? Um, the Best of Both Worlds concert, just because the Jonas Brothers were in it. 
So we got to talk about their relationship with Disney because I think that it's something that is very important to the Jonas Brothers story. So for those who don't know, the Jonas Brothers were eventually signed to Hollywood Records, which is Disney's record label. And they maintained a really close relationship with them. With Disney specifically, and a relationship with a boy band, NSYNC is the only other boy band that I can think of that had kind of a close relationship with them. But they were on Jive Records. They weren't on like a Disney record label. So two of them, Justin Timberlake and JC Chazay, were on the Mickey Mouse Club prior to being in NSYNC. So there was the relationship with Disney there. They did a few concert specials with Disney, and their music videos were on there. But they were able to kind of age out of that. Yeah, detach almost. They were, yeah, they were able to detach. They were on TRL a lot. They were able to gather a wider audience than just the Disney audience. So the Jonas Brothers, they've talked about this on their documentary that the relationship was a little bit too close for too long. <laughs> yeah. They made a lot of appearances on the Disney Channel. Their music videos were broadcast in between shows, and they had two seasons of their own show too. Oh, yeah. Which I can honestly say I maybe watched four episodes. So it's, it was, it was I watched the whole thing. Outdated. I mean, because you were in middle school. I no, was in I high was school. In, I think I was in high school at that uh, point. Yeah. At that point, even like their last album, it was just, it felt so forced. And mm-hmm. like, and yeah, they were like, even going into Disney, they were a little bit older. And I know that Disney likes to take older people and make them look younger. Right. So they had that like perfect face. But then, yeah, what? how long were they with Disney? I wanted to make sure to fact check this, so here's the timeline. The Jonas Brothers were signed to Hollywood Records, aka Disney's record label, for a total of five years, from February 2007 until May 2012. But the thing is, even from my perspective, and like I said, I'm in between Kevin and Joe's age, and I almost felt bad for them because I'm like, I'm in college right now, and I am seeing this play out with someone Kevin's age, who I know who, is older who than didn't me. go to college who and missed go- that whole aspect of his life because yeah. he was touring and but they're in this TV show where they're made to look like high school yeah. kids. He was they were literally 20 I think Kevin was 25 because they were 26 and they broke up so he was 25 and then Joe would have been 23 yeah. yeah when they did that that show mm-hmm. and then Nick would have been 20. I so remember. even Nick would have been 2 years yeah. post high school. Way yeah. too way too old. I couldn't watch Camp Rock, guys. I didn't really. I loved it. The first one made me not want to watch the second one. But that's, again, that was at the point where I was like eighth grade going into high school. I was getting so made fun of by every single one of my friends because I was such a big Jonas Brothers. You know me, I don't care. But circling back to mental health, it did take a toll on me. I, to this day, struggle with mental health. So it's like any 12, 13-year-old's age, at that age, you're confused and hormones are raging and high emotions anyways. But on top of having mental health, I was just like, I'm sick of getting picked on. These guys aren't putting good music on. Jonas sucks. Like, I love these guys, but I can't. I never stopped liking them, but it was just kind of like I wasn't as vocal as as I was in eighth grade as opposed to high school. And I went to a high school where I met all new people. It was a regional school. So I, I went with a handful of friends, but I met a handful of friends. So I was like, I'll tell some people I like the Jonas Brothers, but I won't be as. I was pretty shameless about my. Yeah, I feel like you Jonas guys Brothers. both owned it. But Jossie, yeah. did you find any stigma with I definitely, them? I definitely did. But I feel like I've always kind of had like a I don't care attitude mm-hmm. with a lot of like stuff that I like and care about. Like I'm like, oh, you, yeah, you just kind of take the make punches. Fun of me. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I still love them. And I at the time I loved Nick. He was like my total favorite. 
it. It's funny to look back as an adult and be like, oh, wow, Nick's attitude actually kind of sucked. And I actually kind (laughs) of see my attitude as a child being the youngest of three. Like I related to him because I kind of had like a shitty youngest kid attitude sometimes, (laughs) not always. But but now I like look, I'm like, wow, Joe is actually a babe. I was not spoiled. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Actually, if I was, you were. But anyways. <laughs> you all were spoiled. Yeah. <laughs> so I, don't, I don't say spoiled rotten. I just say spoiled. Dad did a lot for us, but we weren't rotten children. No. Yeah. But anyways, now, now I look back. I'm like, Joe's actually a babe. He's hilarious. And yeah, he's just a babe. My it's Joe. Mm, yeah. yeah. But also I have like a soft spot for Kevin. Of course. Yeah. Of course. I hate when we're at concerts and people are like, eh, Kevin. It's like, what really? do you mean, eh, Kevin? They wouldn't be the Jonas Brothers without that. Just like when they perform without Kevin, they weren't performing. Oh my Jonas gosh. Brothers. That footage of that concert where they did a the whole heartbreak without him. It makes me so sad. They even look like they're like, this fucking, weird. So- excuse my language. This no, sucks. You can, you can. Okay. Swear. I didn't know. What yeah. You can swear. <laughs> So it is interesting, though, because you did talk about how people, Jackie, made fun of you because you were 13 years old liking a boy band. 13 is supposed to be the Very age. Very appropriate. Yeah. I hung out with boys, too, that they just picked on me because it was an easy. Yeah. I was an easy target. But it also <laughs> goes to show how young they were marketing to. The fact that you were 13 years old and people looked at you being like, you're too old for that. That really shows how young the Jonas Brothers audience was. Yeah. It was more Jossie's age. Absolutely. Three, yeah. two, three years younger. Mm-hmm. So it, I, was yeah, I feel so like your friends too. Like, well, yeah. you had more of your close girlfriends be like, "Yeah, I like the." Like- no, so actually, it's funny because I remember a couple of my friends actually did make fun of me because Jackie and I were like so diehard about it. But so then early. years later, the one concert I think it was V, and that's why I had trouble remembering it. The one concert in Boston we didn't go to that a bunch of my friends <gasps> they went did. to. I know, and I was like, "Oh, sweet, Thanks for nothing, like, guys. yeah." That made was- fun of me then, and now you're that. all going and watching them now. They said they took advantage of the internet at the time, which was yeah. so huge of them. And that's yeah. really how we ended up connecting more because it started on MySpace. And then when we had our encounter, we were like, wow, these guys are awesome. And then we followed them. She set up a Twitter page. No, no, no. It was um, MySpace. So let's okay. talk about MySpace. Is that how you guys discovered the Jonas Brothers? I think uh, so. I, I would say Disney and that, MySpace. Yeah. I was on MySpace because that was like our age. Jossie's right. a little bit younger. Right. Um, but I we ended up MySpace. making her one or she made her own. <laughs> and Caitlin covered for her because dad's like, you're way too young to be on MySpace. Which, I mean, even we were, I feel like, yeah, looking you, back. Yeah. Definitely. But looking back, MySpace was so innocent compared yeah, to what like Instagram now. and stuff oh, now. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's insane. Yeah. And TikTok. You're not on my top 10. But... Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, MySpace, it was where you discovered bands. Like, that's, exactly, where, yeah, that's yeah. where I discovered Drake. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I was a huge Degrassi fan. It was fan. more music. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, I shouldn't just say Drake, but Drake is the most famous example. But I found a lot of, like, the pop punk and emo bands that I really liked in high school through MySpace. And that's where they were connecting with fans, too. Right. Like, that right. was the first, like, really social media outlet, even before Facebook. Also, the Jonas Brothers used to do lives, and you could comment on them, but it would make it your status. I've gone back. 10 years ago or whatever like Facebook shows you whatever yeah and it's like I love you Nick oh say hi to me say hi to John like, <laughs> these were statuses I was making that people probably would, like, read some yeah, and like, comment on oh, them hey. but there's like millions and millions of people <laughs> commenting but we were like Dear. that's so funny or they would raffle tickets be like in the live go to this whatever mm-hmm. it is so funny though there were people my age that were super into the Jonas Brothers that found them through MySpace thinking because they were at first this pop punk band that were around my age. They were New York based. So being in Boston, they were so easily accessible to us. Yeah. Seeing the documentary and seeing how often they came to Boston was really cool to see. 
And actually, so my sister-in-law, I didn't know this until I mentioned that we were doing this episode. Turns out my sister-in-law was an original Jonas Brothers fan from the MySpace days, like 2005, went to their club shows in Boston before anyone yeah, knew about what's them. What's that, the, um, the nightclub they just shut down? The Middle East. The Middle East. Yeah. 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 I, let's see, like, I was on MySpace and I knew about that stuff. And, like, when they went to Marlboro Middle School, like, oh my I gosh, went to high yeah. school, my friends were like, I have football signed by the Jonas Brothers. I was like, I wanted to go to that concert so bad, but I was in, like, the sixth grade. So bummed they didn't come to They our didn't come town. to our, high, our <laughs> middle school. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's so funny. And you kind of saw this with Dream Street, too. They were really big in Boston, too, because they were New York-based and they came to Boston all the time time yeah. they were always at like the Natick Mall their South Shore Plaza yeah, yeah. doing shows doing meet and greets so it is funny to kind of see the proximity of it all play out and how big the Jonas Brothers really are in like Boston and New England and New York we went to Atlantic City to see them because we were like we have to see them in there like I mean it's obviously not Wyckoff New Jersey but yeah. it's their home state where they right. were born and raised first they had a childhood before they like blew up for Happiness Begins, yeah. Kevin's girls drew all the artwork for a lot of the sweatshirts and the t-shirts. So Jossie had gotten a sweatshirt and we're like, we're in Atlantic City right after the show. We got to get Jonas Brothers tattoos right on the boardwalk. And we saw the flower on the sweater and we're like, that's so cute because it's one of his daughters and just the whole like relevance to family. And that's something I think too, why we love them so much is because of their like raw and realness about being a family and having like every family has their struggles and not that we have major struggles, but we've had some pretty traumatic things happen in our lives with family and other things. So it's, it's cool to listen and be like, Oh, these guys love each other so much. I love my sisters and I love you and Paul and Carissa so much like siblings that it's just like, I don't know. It's really cool to see. And they say it in the documentary too, is there are other boy bands that they're brothers and they don't talk to each other to this day. Turmoils happen so bad because of the fame and fortune. And that's not what family's about. Like, family. I think Papa Jonas doesn't get enough credit because I feel like he was able to take his manager hat off and be a dad when he needed to be. Mm, and yeah. I feel like if it wasn't for that, I feel like they could have really fallen hard and not. Yeah, he kept he just kept it really real with them for sure. Absolutely. Just cool. Dads, 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 dads. And I was trying to find articles about this, but I'm sure that there were discussions when they were first coming onto the scene about the parallels between the Jonas Brothers and Hanson. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah well, they even call Hanson out in one of their songs. They, they, they call Hanson out a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's just, you, there's so many parallels. They, they're The religious upbringing, the fact that they're three brothers, and... The personalities of each brother. Yeah. And so typical of, first, like, oldest, middle, youngest, too. Yeah, right. Like. right. With Hanson, their longevity, too. They did take a couple of short breaks, but they've always kind of maintained themselves as a band and their big family men even though they're not as big as they were like in they their still play though here they still play yeah, they still play sure. and they still draw crowds they have a really really loyal fan base mm -hmm. and i mean the fact that they've been able to maintain healthy relationships with one another yeah. is really commendable and i know obviously the jonas brothers have had their struggles but the fact that they've come back and realized how much they've grown and how it's made them so much better as a band yeah. And the fact that they came back bigger than ever. Yeah. No other boy band has done that. We need to talk about that and give mm. them so much credit. Yeah. There are so many it's boys. as if they never left. Right. The, or yeah. And it attracted a new They're crowd too. Like. Right. They're a completely different band now, mm -hmm. I would argue. 
and they're better than ever and they're more popular than ever. No other boy band has been able to do that. Yeah. New Kids on the Block, Backstreet Boys, after taking a break or hiatus or whatever you call it, when they come back, they're not at the same level as they were in their like prime era. They still have their loyal fan bases. They'll still chart with their music, but it's nowhere near, like the Backstreet Boys level of fame is nowhere yeah. near. Yeah, it's it almost like they're more accessible. Like you could just go to a mall and do a meet and greet and it wouldn't be like crazy. Like as uh, comparatively, like the Jonas Brothers, that mall would be packed. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, no. yeah. And they just have, like you said, their existing fan base plus a whole new fan base. Like I think right. about kids I babysat. We ran into the woman I babysat for and her, oh, her the, daughter at, in, at, in, in Boston when they came back. So it was like so trippy to see yeah, like this mom little girl I used to babysit is now like a little kid with her mom at a show (laughs) she did not know who the Jonas Brothers were when I first started babysitting nor did any other kids like that little kid that little boy always exposed to all the kids no kids that I babysat for when I was a teenager like knew who the Jonas Brothers were I'd always be like well you don't like it well it's too bad we're listening it's party (laughs) the kitchen And even people my age, people my age that were just writing them off, they were like, oh, Sucker is an amazing song. They're producing better music, too. Well, they're working with some big time producers, which we'll get into when we get to that album. So let's talk about which tours you guys went to. So I have a list of all of the Jonas Brothers tours, and you guys are going to say yes. And this is my list of all the ones we've been to. I think it's a little scattered. So why don't you rifle and then we'll say yay or nay. Okay. So 2005, that was their MySpace original era and they were doing the promo club tour. 2005. 2005 to 2006, they opened for the Backstreet Boys in the Backstreet Boys Never Gone tour. I'm sure you guys did not go to that show. So in 2006, they did another club tour. It was called the American Club Tour. 2007, the Marvelous Party Tour. We did not go to that I one. think they went to Six Flags for that, but I had a softball game that day. Okay. <laughs> so I didn't go. <laughs> okay. 2007 was also when they opened for Miley, which, yep. of course, you guys went yep. to that we show. went to that one. And December that was- 22nd and December oh, 21st and 22nd. Jackie went to both. I went Friday night. You went to both? I went Friday I went just night. Saturday with her. She went the night before. But we had way better seats Saturday night. Where was so. that? Uh, DCU Center. Okay. Which is a small venue, yeah. so it was still great. And Yeah, it's a great venue. Yeah, that was like the first, like I said earlier, it was the first time I really got back to... Like, going to concerts and really getting involved. So that was fun. Katie came with me. Okay. And then in 2008 is the When You Look Me in the Eyes tour. I went twice to that. I went in New Hampshire. Yeah, I just went once. (laughs) So early 2008 was When You Look Me in the Eyes. And then late 2008 was Burning Up into 2009. So you guys went to both of those. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then 2009, late 2009 was the World Tour. I was at the garden. We went yeah, to that. Yeah, so I was trying to. I actually hung out at Dad's fire station before that one for some reason. I just remember <laughs> listening to that album. That sitting was in before Maddie's the garden was office. redone, so they had this whole fan thing party outside of where like oh, all. Cool. The, oh, that's when we met that little band that I like loved for a hot um, second. Wow! Wow! wow. <laughs> I think I'm like another Facebook boy band. With some of those guys. I am. I still it's am. So bizarre. And, yeah. <laughs> They're like normal people now. Yeah. Wow. Well, everyone's uh, everyone's normal-ish. I love that. And then 2010 was live in. Concert. We saw that one because I was with Camp Rock. That was in the one I thought was Xfinity Center, but it was in. Yeah, they've never played Gillette. No, it wasn't Gillette. Yeah, it was. It was. It it was the. It's the Xfinity Xfinity Center. Center. It used to be Great Woods, and then it was. Something yeah, we else. had bad seats for that one. Those were like one of our like way far back. Yeah, that's a hard stadium. I mean, it's a nice stadium, but if you're not under the the bay thing, it kind of the seats kind of get. 
And then you're yeah. in the lawn and sketchy. I mean, not so sketchy. I mean, there's really yeah. never a sketchy moment at concerts. When we were younger, we'd hang out with, like, moms and their really little kids. And now that we're older, like, we just make friends with the Our girls age, around us. Yeah. And they're yeah. like, we were at that show, too. We were like, <laughs> like I have but people yeah. on Snapchat, but, Facebook. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, live in concert is when they did the Camp Rock and... um Nick, like they did like a 60 second timer and Nick did introducing me all as under 60 seconds. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was a cool one. That was fun. And then they had the big uh, foam thing. They were yeah. spraying everyone. We didn't get sprayed because we weren't under the <laughs> cabana thing. It's fine. And then 2012 to 2013 was the world tour, which was promoted. And I think some of the shows were canceled from that tour. That okay. was the one that, that we did canceled. not go to. You did not go to 2013. That was at the garden to too, but we didn't go to that yeah, one. Yeah, that was the only one. Because I remember a bunch of people I know went to that one. And then yeah. they broke up. And then... And then they reunited. And the, the world happiness college. began again. <laughs> Actually, not for me, but for the Jones Brothers. <laughs> So the Happiness Begins toward 2009 to 2020, and then 2021 was Remember This. Yep. So the Jonas Brothers came to Boston twice. And, and we saw we went twice. Both. <laughs> Four <laughs> times. August 19th or 18th. And then November. Was it in November? Yes. And I, ha I have a note here that the November show was nationally televised. Oh, I had that we note too. We were, because we were on the floor, we were the right VMAs. on the runway where they ran back and forth from A to B stage. And I dapped it up with Joe. I have a video of it. <laughs> mm -hmm. But it was, yeah, they um, they were on the AMA. So they, they were like, oh, in 10 seconds, 30 seconds, like, be ready. We're going to be live on national TV. So that, that was, was like fun. so cool. That was like like those moments in the shows. Every show for tours, are, there's a, obviously a set list. But then right. they always, like when we were in New Jersey, they they did their song Jersey because in oh. um, like it's Christmas had just come out that week. So that it was, was my the, birthday. That was the first time they sang it live. So like we've had so just many like of paranoid. those moments yeah. where it's yeah. like, it's, we love them, but it's like, it's so much more. Cause they like, they make it so every concert special. special. They really and then do. These Vegas ones are like different every night. Yeah. And, well, that's the thing that I do love. Jackie is like such a, okay, they're playing Friday, Saturday. I'm going Friday, Saturday. No hands, <laughs> no questions asked. I'm like, all right, as long as I get to a show, I'll be happy. No. But each time I'm, I'm they're like, still unique. Like, they're still their own show and they always try to make each one special. So, so like yeah. you can go to the same concert twice and not see the same concert twice. Yeah. yeah. No, so we saw Happiness Begins three times because we saw it twice in Boston and then AC. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, we saw that, that three times. Yeah, number three. three. Times. <laughs> yeah, I love Happy, it. Yep. When we were in Atlantic City, we had awesome seats. They were like not awesome, but awesome because we they were on like the, the last row. It was the last row on the floor, but it was right next to VIP B and stage. where B stage was. Love it. Yeah, and so Jackie had brought, instead of bringing like one or two posters, she brought like a notebook and just kept making new posters. So, <laughs> so there was like, Sharpie in a oh, notebook. That is so smart. Yeah, and just would flip. But anyways, there was like a big group on like the front row, not the front row, but like when it starts stadium seating, literally Jackie's like fan club we were fan crew. <laughs> I, was I was dancing runway. a little bit but jackie was i like have videos of you dancing okay, i was maybe. showing when i start, the other day, i don't so drink funny. much but when i start drinking especially at like a jones for this concert she gets loose i get loose <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we're like putting on a show next to the show these women like mothers daughters everyone's cheering, cheering for, for, for us, for us not, <laughs> don't, don't discredit yourself and then i swear we got joe and uh, kevin and nick's attention with the the posters or my, yeah. my notebook that's awesome <laughs> that is i got kevin to laugh 
So we have to go to a Jonas Brothers show now. Yes. Yeah. They the are touring this year. The next time they come around, I'll 100% go with you Absolutely. guys. I think it'll yeah. be really fun. I'm going to have to edit that section so much. But I, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it. We, we were a little unhinged because we could just get so excited. You get so excited. So, so uh, many memories. Yeah. Have you guys ever seen DNCE or Joe during his no, solo time? No, no. His solo, that was painful. That was, no offense to no. him, but that was pretty painful. I think that Joe was just kind of following the blueprint of Justin Timberlake. Absolutely, yeah. More of like an R&B. Totally, kind yeah. Kind of dance pop kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And he was like dancing, <laughs> which. So <laughs> funny. They're also, I, when they act and when they dance, I love it. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> but it just didn't seem genuine at all yeah it was almost like he was doing that but trying to be unique yeah like well he even admits his, that it wasn't self and yeah it yeah. wasn't him he he was like i was trying this thing that makes perfect sense what is interesting though is he really came into his own for dnc oh absolutely and it's so funny because i even have friends nowadays that are just like hey you know that song cake by the ocean did you know that that's by one of the jonas brothers i'm like yeah fooled you <laughs> Yeah, they're not that bad. (laughs) No, they're great. I saw just Nick and Demi when they went on tour, I think in 2016 or 17. Mm -hmm. So I've seen him a couple of times. I went to Made in America when (laughs) 2015, it was Nick Jonas. Marissa had me on her shoulders and he came (laughs) over (laughs) to where we were. We weren't far, but I flashed. (laughs) (laughs) But I had like the chicken cutlets on, like the sticky bread. And I like, he was singing and he did a double take, shook his head. And I went... You don't have to take that out either. I didn't tell. I I like to think he remembered because he was just like so casually like. Then he realized and he like, like his eyes like popped out of his head like in shock. And then I was like, oh my god, he noticed me. So this is the at the Made in America festival. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about you guys meeting the Jonas Brothers. So what year was this? How did this all happen? Jossie so can- was this two thousand eight? Yes, yeah. I will spiral. So Jossie yes, has Yeah. <laughs> okay. So. We saw them one day, then the next day. So I'm going to say Friday, Saturday. I don't know if it was exact Friday. So Friday, we we're all on the water slides, like walking around, whatever. And where? In the Bahamas, Atlantis, Bahamas. That's where they love to vacation. At the time, they could walk anywhere and nobody knew who they were. Nobody knew who they this were. This was right before they blew up on Disney. Like year 3000 wow. was a just music video anything. on Disney. So like we have our iPods listening to it on the airplane on the way down. Wow. So we are in that little water park area in line to go up the tallest, most steepest slide in the Bahamas. Leap of faith. And I was, I knew I wasn't going to do it, but I knew the Jonas Brothers were in line. So I was they like, were like three people ahead of us. We no, saw Joe and Kevin. like closer. I think it was just like two. Oh yeah, Jackie a brother says and a sister. Me, and I'm like nudging her. Jackie <laughs> says to me, should I just push you down the stairs into <laughs> no, or, uh, up okay. the stairs? No, you did. You oh, said, should I push this, you the up the stairs into them? So you bump into them and get hurt and they will then turn around and then be like, oh my gosh, are you okay? I and didn't they, explain it like that. I was like, Jossie, exactly. I was nudging her. I was like, let me push you. Fun. Let me push you. I was like, let them. me push you. Like, let's, she's like, no, but I didn't explain okay, it. Like so I wanted anyways. you to get hurt. No, no, I know that's not, I, I didn't mean that. You did not want me to get hurt. You just wanted me to get hurt enough to we wanted get their attention. All right, we didn't know that's how to just get one on piece stairs. of the story. So <laughs> they end up going. In my mind, I'm like, all right, if Joe and Kevin do this, I will be brave enough and do this. I was not. So I ran back down to the bottom to see if I could catch them going down. I didn't, but mom was at the bottom yeah, when Joe mom went and down. Caitlin. And so mom goes, oh, how was the slide? That's what she says to him. Oh, how was it? And, he's, and he shrugs him. Yeah, it was all right. That's all he said to her. All right. All right. Fast forward. So the next day we were walking through the casino after dinner 
the parents are a little bit ahead of us and <laughs> we're walking one way through the casino they're walking the other then i grab my two That's sisters was, sorry swoop them around i say we're following them we followed them for like maybe a hundred not, not far at all not far and then so we run up and jackie I was, tapped them i was I like said, oh excuse me guys are you the jonas no brothers? i said that okay, well you said it i <laughs> I thought I said it because no. I was the one that was like, we're not letting this opportunity. No, you tapped them on the shoulders away. and I was like, are you guys really the Jonas no, Brothers? No, I, I swear I got their attention and then you asked them, are they That's really the Jonas Brothers? That's what I just said. Brothers? Yeah, okay, but I didn't just so, tap them and say nothing. Like, okay. <laughs> okay, so what did they say when you so asked they're them? They were just like, yeah, we are. They laughed. They're like, yeah, we are. And then we we're like, oh, where's Nick? And Nick was, I think. I asked where Nick was and Kevin said, chilling in the room. Yeah. And yeah, we, it was just so casual. Like we, we just tried to keep conversation and Kevin was really chatty. They were just sweet. Like they were there, but then after they a while we were, too. I can't remember the exact conversation, but we it just kept trying much. to force conversation because we didn't, then it kind of got quiet and they were like, all right, well, like <laughs> you could see Joe was looking around, like, can these girls get away from us now? But, but no, they were so sweet yeah. and a little bummed we didn't see Nick, but I think I, that was with his diabetes at the I time, too. So. He was really sick at that point. And the other thing, too, is people kept saying, oh, Nick's over at the Lazy River. He's at the Lazy River because he was probably just, like, lounging, hanging out there. Yeah, a lot of people were like, oh, we saw him around. But yeah. then, like, the following year when they had done the show, I think that's when they stayed at the Bridge Suite and we had front row and oh my god that's when one of the first times we saw the parents we were like hey Aww. papa jonas mama jonas and they went <laughs> back so they robbed their security guy <laughs> that so concert sweet. was i was getting pushed under the stage oh yeah these girls so they we were front row the uh, one year later fast forward <laughs> <laughs> so uh, papa our grandfather gets us tickets it was great and we had um he was good friends with a manager or something and her two daughters came with us to the or one daughter came with us to the show and we were the true front row, but the the second and third row back was just all all sorts of other girls, and they just bum rushed the stage. And we like poor Jossie, the height of the stage. So <laughs> and at her point, point, my Joe her, noticed, and he leans over and he holds my hand and he sung to me. Aww. Yeah, oh, because there. he probably saw this tiny little eleven year old girl getting pushed under the stage like this. Well, it was it was an awesome show too because that was another time where. I think that was the first time they ever per performed Paranoid. And we knew it because we were such diehard fans. But a lot of the people, like, it was just one of those concerts, like, three nights only, whatever. So, like, people are getting handed free tickets. And me and Jossie were, like, the two out of, like, maybe a handful of people in the whole room or stadium that were actually singing the song with them. And they noticed. It felt like the concert was just for us because after a while, the security guys, too, they were like, if you're not front row, you can't put your hands on stage. So they kicked all these girls back after Jossie, our grandfather's friend's daughter, got bum-rushed under the stage. It was it was just, it was so sweet. And then they kept coming over and just singing right to us. I, I We were I on Nick's side too i think that's another thing i want I to, to know about going to concerts we, we always, always yeah. wanted to be on nick's side and nick's side's tickets were more expensive they are yeah. always more yep. expensive always more yep. ex to, to this day i think which side of the stage is he left if you're looking he's always on the left kevin's always on the right okay. but i noticed since they've come back together they kind of they mix up more up. and right. they kind of let kevin have that center and then they like they take turns because i have noticed that Nick doesn't play as many instruments now. I think he, he just focuses on the guitar. Singing. Right. Guitar, he'll yeah. he'll play the guitar, but I think he likes to move around the stage like Joe does. Yeah. 
<laughs> I also have one note. I don't know yeah. if it's worth saying, but the, Joe and Kevin were kind of jelly of Nick being yes. on Broadway and doing all this stuff. And yeah. Joe kind of was like, I want to do this too. Like, I like being at the center of attention. And that's kind of like how they joined. But yeah. you, obviously you are right. Like two people at whatever production company are like, all right, yeah, package yeah, them up. Package Let's, deal. Yeah. yeah. I was going to get to this later, but we can get into this now. I think it was really smart from a record company perspective, as well as a safety of Nick's sanity perspective of packaging Nick in a group rather than Nick being a solo artist. You kind of see this, especially right now with mental health issues that other solo artists have kind of come into, like you see Justin Bieber, Selena Gomez, who have both been very open about their struggles with mental health and the pressure that they have with being a solo artist, especially as a young person in the music industry, the amount of people trying to take advantage of you if you get really big look at elvis elvis yeah. michael oh jackson God. aaron yeah. carter like right. 100% i can't even imagine what career or the state of nick's mental health if he were not supported by his two brothers who love him and care about him yeah they even say in the documentary too he he goes to philly mac at 21 years old like i feel like a has been and that was with his brothers yeah. like he did so much but his mindset is just like go 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 yeah. drive 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 he's so determined yeah. but like yeah even at 21 years old could you imagine just being like yeah my my career's over i can't i feel like he also just like takes things really seriously no that's no, true though that so he's like the serious he's just, one like, really serious and i feel like it, such a good point like if he was alone in putting all of this pressure on himself he would maybe crumble or maybe some go down a bad path. But I also feel like he didn't want to be in a group like in the beginning. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like he almost would have preferred to just do his own thing. They were like his angels. Like they yeah, didn't, they he supported didn't him. They it, was, yeah. it was very cool. They uh, were like aware. It was like his, it, it wasn't his thing. Like, of course, in the beginning, they knew it from young ages. It was his thing, but it was great to have those supports because even when they were a band, it was like Nick J's off the chain. Like they did make him the focus because he kind of very much outshines everyone. And I think the other thing too is it seems like their parents were very involved in their career. Oh, yeah. I think that their parents have a much healthier outlook on their fame and their success more than I think some other parents of other musicians. Absolutely, for yeah. Sure. Because there's always the family section that you probably saw in the documentary. Yeah. But yeah, whenever we're at concerts, we always look for we it. We scope out for the yeah. them, Frankie, the wives, the yeah. girls. That's so <laughs> nice. And I think that also kind of speaks to the like wholesomeness of at least the beginning of the band. And I also feel like they're still like that where they're so family oriented. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a even lot. more so now. I feel like now that they're all parents and, yeah. and they've done like, I the, feel Phil, like the Dr. Phil more and than ever now. Sure. They're like yeah. that whole They're just very self aware, which loving. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Jealous still to this day, I think is an Banger. incredible song. It's one of my favorite songs, honestly. Yeah. And the gospel version. Have you guys heard? Not the gospel version. So. Stop it. You oh guys haven't gosh. seen that? No. We're going to need to take a pause because okay. it's really, really good. Oh, are you kidding me? I, I literally cried the first time I saw this. It just hit me right as soon as like. Yeah. Oh my god, he's just living his best life. He really is. All of it, Nick, all of it. Oh. 
Jossie said it earlier, we could probably talk for 24 hours straight about these guys. Stick around for part two of the Jonas Brothers where we talk about their music from It's About Time to Lines, Vines, and Trying Times. This Must Be Pop is written, produced, and edited by Anna. Our theme song, Teenage Girls Made Rock and Roll, is written and performed by Madam Daly. Add us on Instagram for more content and to be the first to find out which band will be featured in the next episode at This Must Be Pop Pod. That's This Must Be P-O-P-P-O-D on Instagram. Got a question or suggestion? Email us at This Must Be Pop Podcast at gmail.com. 